Hello and welcome to the Pop and Things Podcast, a pop culture podcast hosted and produced by Colorado State University students. We're your hosts, Chapman Croskill, Alec Erickson, and Nicole Conklin. So, um, we have a lot of things to talk about today, and the first one I want to talk about is the Nintendo Switch, which was announced yesterday. So, for anyone who doesn't know, the Switch is Nintendo's newest gaming platform, and it's meant to, I guess, bridge the gap between mobile gaming and, um, like, Destera tabletop, like, console gaming, because it's basically a tablet that you can plug into a base, which then goes to your TV and has enhanced graphics, or you can take parts of the controller off, attach it to the sides of the tablet, and play it on the go. Um, it looks really, really interesting, and I think it looks super cool, personally. Um, I think that they're doing, they're finally doing what they've wanted to do with the Wii U basically for years. Um, so I think that's super cool. Your thoughts? Uh, the main thing is we don't know much about the specs at the moment. The only thing we know is that NVIDIA made a custom processor for this console. And if you know anything about Nintendo, this is big because yeah. Nintendo has always been about in-house production, especially with their own technology, like everything from like GameCubes, the Nintendo Entertainment System, N64, all that was like made specifically by nintendo for nintendo and their products so to have this other company come in and help them build a processor which we saw in the trailer helps them run games like skyrim granted it's a five-year-old port but they're porting skyrim to a nintendo console i would never have imagined this happening well the thing is people are like oh wow we're actually seeing like third-party support but you forget that the wii u actually launched with black ops 3 the problem was that it had initial support and then there was just no support for it going in because like nobody wanted to be playing AAA titles on a Nintendo system because it just didn't have the graphical capabilities. Like, when developers are making a game for the PlayStation 4 or for the Xbox One, both of them are close enough in graphical capability that they can kind of work together and just make one game and then port them, whereas when they were working with the Wii U, they had to completely basically rebuild the game because it had to be built for such a basic, more basic system. I don't know how I feel about it, quite honestly. I think it's a really cool concept. However, the fact that you need a tablet and then you have like this controller that separates it, that's great. But in terms of mobile gaming, it's huge. Yeah. And they have the Nintendo DS or whatever, the the 3DS that's out. And I think that's pretty user-friendly in regards to its mobility. But... For the Switch, I just don't think it's very friendly, and everyone's already on their tablets already, so I think it's a little bit over the top, but I would like to see the technology. Like you said, the graphics are going to be better, so I am interested to see what it's going to be I like. I think it was interesting because in the trailer, they showed a lot of millennials basically hanging out with their friends, and they're playing all their games, which is not actually what would happen. Most likely <laughs> people who are going to use that are going to use it like when they go to the bathroom or in playing games in mm-hmm. bed. And even then, like I don't think I think it's gonna be kinda like how they advertise like the Wii U's controller being used like a lot more, which it what it I mean like my roommate will occasionally like while I'm trying to watch a movie, he'll play Smash on like the controller. Mm-hmm. And so you can use it separately, but I don't imagine people like taking their their uh, uh, Switch consoles, all these things. However, I'm excited to see that it looks like Nintendo is starting to do support for competitive gaming, um, which they have consistently not done for the past 30 or so years. Um, people have been always upset that they haven't completely supported the uh, Smash community, uh, especially with Melee, and they haven't supported the Split. The Splatoon community is pretty big in Japan, um, and that's basically their only AAA competitive shooter title, which I'm actually really happy to see that they look like they might be supporting that soon. Um, especially the Smash community, because my roommate is huge in the Smash community. Mm-hmm. Also, really, really random tangent, but shout out to my roommate for the awesome intro music you heard at the beginning of this show. <laughs> um, he's amazing. He wrote that, and he's super talented. Anyway, um, so yeah, what do you think about the competitive market that they're going to be doing with us? I mean, esports have 
kind of been in this weird limbo state in these last few years because no one is taking them seriously and more and more esports are getting broadcasted on like big television networks like TBS, ESPN like two. And so right now we're in this weird state where we're trying to recognize esports officially, I guess, is the technical term that I'm trying to think of. But to have like an actual uh, video game developer like Nintendo come out and like with this trailer be like yeah here's these esports team and we'll support this competitive market that's huge because you don't see like xbox and playstation buying teams i wonder if nintendo's gonna buy a team now and sponsor them it's a very big move on nintendo's part yeah i think it'll be interesting how much do you think they're gonna want for the console have they announced that they've not announced price um going with nintendo i'm guessing it'll be around 300 Mm. Um, that seems like an, a fair price, and that'll keep it competitive with everybody else. Because um, I think currently the Wii U can get for just under like 300 I think about 200 nowadays because it's a bit older, and you can get a 3DS for, I think, 150 or so. Okay. I think it paid 180 for my 3DS XL, but that was a couple years ago. Um, so moving on, in video game news, um, we got an announcement for Red Dead Redemption 2 and a trailer yesterday. Um, I'm really excited. Apparently, it's a prequel. Um, which is good because they're, they were kind of reaching the end of the Western era at the end of Red Dead Redemption. Um, I just don't want to see it being about John Marston at all. Mar- Marston at all. So the main theory kind of going around the internet right now is that you play as John Marston's old gang, the gang that left him for dead. Right. That sparks the whole entire story for the first game. And so all we know is that there's like seven writers in this gang they're pictured in the picture that rockstar put out on twitter and then you see them writing together in the trailer but you don't see any of their faces they're all masked there's some sort of magnificent seven you could say (laughs) i don't know if i would call magnificent but because the whole entire point about rockstar's game is to give you that like criminal lifestyle and so of course we're going to go with like criminal lifestyle again but set in the old west it's going to be interesting the Minute trailer does not show much, but it shows that we're going more away from the Mexico-U.S. border to more Midwest mountain. Right, which I actually I am happy to see. Um, I really one of my favorite like scenes, and I think most people's favorite scenes in the original Red Dead Redemption is when you first ride into Mexico and the music starts playing, and you're just you have this whole expanse in front of you, and it's just such a gorgeous scene. And so I'm happy. Like I loved that Mexico area, but I actually want to see like a colder, more like I mean maybe it's because I live you know in the Rocky Mountain area, but like seeing the Rocky Mountain area and like a more northern area would be so cool to see and so far we don't know anything about the time it's set because if it is going to be a prequel it can't be too much older if it's going to include john marston so everyone's saying somewhere between around uh, right now current estimates are like 1880 and 1900 like somewhere in that ball so if it includes john marston's old gang are you going to play as john again or is it going to be before he joins the gang or because he was the leader of the gang correct no he was not a leader he was a young kid i haven't played that game in so many years in the first red dead redemption as john marston you go and like kill off most the rest of his gang because they left yeah they left you for dead i have a feeling you're gonna maybe play the higher up in yeah, this game. it would make sense. Yeah. Or Let's well, see. I mean, Rockstar also did a really good job with uh, GTA Five, where you play between multiple main characters, between Trevor, Michael, and um, I can't remember the third character right now. Um, anyway, so maybe they'll have you switch between some of the characters in the gang if that is the case. I'm guessing that's why they would have seven different protagonists. Well, I'm thinking, and I'm really hoping this is not the case because it would just be like such a slap in the face if this is what happens. Is you play as a member of the gang and like 
one of the very first missions is the bank robbery. You leave John Marston left for de- like you leave yeah. him for dead. That would be interesting. It wouldn't surprise me though. Yeah, it would not surprise me. Like you're the guy that replaces John essentially. It also completely makes sense that they're like introducing you as a gang in this game because that way they can push you having your gang in online the same way that they had um your crews in GTA Five online. So I'm get like it makes sense from a Rockstar perspective and. As much as I know Rockstar does a lot of marketing ploys, they do them actually really well most of the time. And, like, even though they obviously introduce microtransactions and a bunch of things for GTA Five Online, they also, like, give so much free um, DLC content. And that's so cool. So I'm never worried. I It's one of the few games I might pre-order. But the question is, they've only announced it for the Xbox One and the PS4 as of now. Uh, do you think it's going to be getting a PC port? Because we never got a PC port of Red Dead Redemption. And do you think we'll be getting a Project Scorpio, PS4 Pro, and maybe be nintendo switch port so the thing is rockstar i can really commend them on this kind of thing because they have never been uh pc ports at launch they give time for their pc ports so that they're good when they actually do launch because that's been a huge problem these last few years is games have been horrible on pc at launch so i'm thinking and what xbox has said about that scorpio is that Xbox One games will be compatible. Right. I'm not sure about the new PS4. I don't know if they officially said that all PS4 games will be compatible. I believe they'll be compatible, but there will be exclusive games for both systems. Okay. And so, I don't know about a Switch port yet, because... Once again, we don't know about the specs for right. the Switch. And so, I, don't know, I don't know if they've announced a partnership with Rockstar. Exactly. So, so I don't know if they're going to have to dumb down the game for the Switch if they port it. I Nintendo has obviously been very bad about online gaming together. So, uh, Rockstar's been very much about that these right. last few years. So, this it's going to be a weird thing if a Nintendo port does happen. But I believe we're definitely going to see something for the Scorpio, something for the new PS4. PC will probably be a year or so down the later. That's Rockstar's theme. Right. And people, like, I mean, there were people who bought gta 5 three times because they bought it for their original system like the 360 and they bought it for the one and then they bought it for the pc i am one of those people interesting i'm still personally waiting for a good deal on the pc because i love the game but i just couldn't afford to like spend the amount of time or spend the amount of money to get it on pc um i love the game but it's just like not my focus right now so but yeah i could imagine them see doing like initial release for the one and the ps4 and then the pro and project scorpio and then pc down the line probably not switch but it's an interesting thought i mean we're getting bethesda games um do you think we'll get a um fallout 4 um for it see i don't think we will get a fallout 4 only because right now the main focus with what fallout 4 with bethesda is they're trying to push for vr integration with it so they're going more so with the VR route. So I don't see them porting that to the Nintendo Switch. Skyrim is obviously an older game. And who knows how long they've been working on this with Nintendo for. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for Red Dead 2 because I'm excited to be playing as, you know, like a really, really tough character in like kind of a kind of a rougher setting. And speaking of tough characters in rougher setting, we got a Logan trailer uh, yesterday yes. or two days ago. Yesterday. Um, I'm I'm excited. It's supposed to be the darkest. And, the, and for anyone who doesn't know, Logan refers to um, Logan of Wolverine of X-Men. It'll be the final film for Hugh Jackman playing uh, Wolverine in this universe, as far as we know. 
I'm just curious before we kind of dive into this, what you guys think of the X-Men kind of cinematic universe? Because it's different so, from the Marvel universe. Yeah, so I I like the first three X-Men movies. I love the first one. The Obviously, the third one, things just kind of got weird, and there's a reason that they retconned it. Um, I think that First Class was really good, and Days of Futures Past was an amazing film. Apocalypse wasn't great. Um, I saw it actually in the Netherlands because I was there over the summer, and it was good. It wasn't great. Um, the villain just kind of lacked a lot of things, which is something that Marvel can struggle with in the cinematic, both cinematic universes. Um, and I, I really, I really, really hated Origins Wolverine mainly because of Deadpool. But I'm glad they've obviously like retroactively dealt with that. And I never saw the Wolverine, so I don't know. I don't have any opinions about that one. You never saw the Wolverine, correct? It was a very interesting movie. What about you, Nicole? I personally am a fan. I thought Hugh Jackman has played an incredible Wolverine. Yes, he, he, absolutely. You know, when everyone thinks of Wolverine, they think of Hugh as Jackman. He gets, and, and... As he gets older, he becomes more and more Wolverine. Like, there was a mm-hmm. picture of him in X-Men, the first one, versus him in Days of Future Past. Yeah. And older Wolverine looks way more Wolverine than he ever did back in the mid-2000s, which makes sense. Right. And I think the Days of Future Past film was one of my favorites. I just yes. thought it was really well done, and there were so m- many layers to it. And so I kind of have high expectations. I have not seen the most recent one, the I think the Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Um, but in general, I really do like what they've done with this whole universe. Mm-hmm. And I thought the characters have been cast really well. Yeah. Um, I actually, I especially thing that I loved both about Dates of Future Past and Apocalypse was um quicksilver because mm-hmm. he the way they did him was really really entertaining days of future past and then they expanded upon that in apocalypse and it's such a beautiful scene um without spoiling anything it's just it's amazing um but yeah so i mean this is going to be hugh jackman's final role as the wolverine um the only people we know are going to be in it is going to be charles xavier which <clears throat> i'm guessing this takes place in the days of future past timeline um so it's it, it's actually really confusing about what is canon in which timeline yes. now, mm-hmm. honestly. But what I'm happy about is they're taking, it looks like a lot of things from Old Man Logan, which is actually probably my favorite comic book arc of all time, even though it's very different from every, any other like Marvel arc. It's, it's such a cool arc. I don't know if either of you know anything about it. I know a lot about that. It's yeah. basically an arc where it's, it's far in the future. I think it's like 2045 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And basically... Um, Wolverine was hypnotized to kill most of the X-Men and so there's like not many mutants or heroes left and then apparently the Hulk had like incestuous children with the She-Hulk and so there's the whole gang of these like Hulk children who basically rule the land it's very Mad Max style mm-hmm. and Wolverine has to come out of retirement after the Hulk Billies kill his family and so it's him working with some a couple like old heroes including uh, Hawkeye who's amazing and old man Logan uh, in the end he ends up being eaten by the Hulk and then ripping his way through the Hulk like it's it's an amazing arc and it's very very dark um and so that looks like they're taking a lot of nods in this very apocalyptic like wasteland style of logan yeah they're nodding to it the only thing is they're not going so far in the future as like 2045 they're going 2024 yeah yeah and so it's a little bit in the future not too much because i feel like they're trying to keep the other X-Men movies set up at least to yeah. some regard. Mm-hmm. But, I but I mean, it looks like all the X-Men are either dead or in hiding. Yeah. Um, and so the only, it looks like the main characters are going to be Logan, Charles Xavier, and then I think her, we only know her, her as like X-23 or something like that. 
Um, and so we just know she's a mutant. Um, but it, yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know how it's going to fit into the canon, but honestly, even if it doesn't fit in at all, I think I'll enjoy it as a standalone movie just because I love Hugh Jackman and I love the Wolverine like as a character. I think this will be a really great film for Hugh Jackman to go out on as Wolverine. And the it's, character. it's really interesting that they actually named it Logan. Like that's such a cool way of naming it. Like, because you just even if you don't know like you know kind of like people who aren't huge like marvel fans probably won't understand the reference but as soon as people are like well it's it's hugh jackman's final film as wolverine they'll be like oh man Sorry. in my opinion it's like their version their take on the dark knight because the dark knight was the first ever yes. batman movie that didn't have batman somewhere in the right. title and so i feel and there like was actually jack snyder had a huge discussion about that one like um when christopher nolan wanted to do that they were like well we don't know or not i don't know if jack snyder actually it was just um christopher nolan and the producers were like well how are they supposed to know it's about he actually wanted to name it something else i should have my notes with me but he wanted to name it something else they're like how is how are we going to know it's related to the dark knight and he's like well let's call it the dark knight then so um well, and i think that they're trying to set up for hopefully a new direction i think and, so too you know, yeah. without Hugh Jackman and Wolverine, which is I, sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a couple complaints about it, but that's okay. Um, moving on in the same vein of superhero movies, we also got a teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 this week, mm-hmm. um, which I am honestly incredibly excited about. Baby Groot is so cute. Baby Groot's super cute. Um, officially, I can't remember his name. Um, the guy with the mohawk. Uh, uh, played- Yondu. Yondu yeah. is officially a uh, Guardian as well as Mantis is being introduced in this film. And it, it just looks so good. Um, I I actually loved the first one. It was it was Marvel's kind of first attempt at doing something that wasn't part of their main franchise for the cinematic universe that was a little more lighthearted, and it, it did amazing. Yeah, no one ever expected this movie of like B characters, like yeah. really really B characters. Because Guardians of the Galaxy is not even a well known like comic book series. No, like, nobody cares about it. I mean, it has a raccoon with a machine. That gun, was like, a whole entire joke. That was a whole discussion. Yeah. Was wow, they've got a raccoon with a rocket launcher. What what is that gonna to be about and it was amazing it was so good well and i think part of that is because it was so well cast and yes. so well thought out and i seeing the trailer i think it, it totally looks like a fun movie with some cool action moments but i think they're really taking that comedic direction with this mm-hmm. just for the reason of being unique but they're also different. helping to set up avengers infinity war because mm-hmm. obviously there is infinity stones involved um, and they have announced that at the very least, Peter Quill will be in Infinity War. So they're helping to set that up, but in a lighter tone. Um, I my only quite uh, my only like complaint is that I wish they hadn't used that song in the teaser, the one that was like so featured in the first movie. Because yes, I get that they're like referencing again, but like I'm really sick of hearing that song as related <laughs> to the Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I think the main problem with Guardians of the Galaxy is they limit themselves to these two mixtapes essentially. Yeah. yeah. And that's all they have for musical choice. Like, that's all Peter Quill has with him are these two mixtapes. And so you are set with what you can use for music for this movie. That's your entire score right there. But, yeah, I'm very excited to see uh, Baby Groot as long as he doesn't dance the whole movie. Because that was a cute thing at the end of the first one. I don't want to see it as, like, a main thing. And during an interview with Vin Diesel, he said, well, dancing is a very important part of the those movies. Because, obviously, they have the dance off at the end of the first one. If but... you look really close, though, Baby Groot is wearing a replica jacket of Star-Lord. He is, and it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> also, like, we know that Groot can, like, change his size, like, almost instantaneously. So I'm wondering if, like, he's just doing this 
because why not? And eventually in some like important scene, he's just going to grow to full size and be like, well, why didn't you do that earlier? And he'll, his response will just be, I am Groot. <laughs> I love Groot so much. Groot is a fantastic character. He's the best. And I mean, I love Chris Pratt. Um, I recently rewatched all the way through Parks and Rec, and it's so interesting to see his development as a character as Andy Dwyer and how they cast it, started casting him in roles such as Peter Quill or in um, Jurassic Park uh, or Jurassic World, mm-hmm. which quick side note that i don't have any information on they're also announced they are doing a second jurassic world and it's supposed to be much darker how akin to how empire strikes back was much darker than a new hope um so that's interesting to see and once we get more news we'll talk about that but in um completely unrelated movie news um kind of local news i guess they announced that they're making a second notebook film um and that they will be filming it in Greeley, colorado which is just down the road from us um nicole how do you feel about this well, to be honest, I'm totally a fangirl of The Notebook because, <laughs> well, a lot of people are, I suppose. And it was kind of Nicholas Sparks' original kickstarting moment, right. if you ask me. Like, that really got him on the map. And it's just such a classic romance, you could argue, nowadays. But I was a little disappointed to hear that there was a sequel and that they were making it a movie. So there is a book. It's called The Wedding, which takes place after Allie and Noah and it's about their son-in-law his marriage is failing it's dying there's no more love so he's trying to win back his wife at the same time this guy's daughter is getting married so it's a guy midway through his life having a breakdown if you ask me interesting so I don't know if I want to see that um it sounds cute regardless like the reading about the book, but I just, I have yet to read the book because I didn't know right. it, it was a sequel. How many novels has Nicholas Sparks written? Too oh, many. I'm sure way too many. <laughs> Would you look that up while she's talking? Yeah. I just find it funny because he used to write these, he's just really good. He knows the science behind writing a romance novel. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like he's just spitting them out to make them into movies, yeah. to get them, you know, the And money I mean, every it. single like uh, poster for all of the movies of his novels is always like, two very white people almost kissing in the rain yeah and it's just i there's only one thing i'm kind of excited about and that's the fact that the gauze will be like within 50 miles of me oh and i thought that was so funny because of all places it's like greeley Greeley, colorado Colorado. and you wouldn't think of greeley colorado as your romantic town you know (laughs) i don't know um i know the time frame is gonna be pretty modern i would say because the last one didn't take place um far into the past so right. nicholas sparks has 20 published books by the it's way actually less 20. than i would think yeah yeah that's not terrible yeah. um yeah but i mean ryan gosling is going to be in it as well as rachel mcadams yes and so they're going to be both filming in Greeley. um but yeah Greeley's not the most romantic place in the world i don't know if our listeners are from the area but uh Greeley is just it's considered a little a little more hicky than uh, Fort Collins. Um, you kind of have so, to hold your breath going through that sound. You do. You have to get nose blind. Um, however, some of their food is absolutely fantastic mm. in Greeley. And I keep matching with people from UNC on Tinder. So I'm probably <laughs> going to like end up in Greeley at some point. I don't know. Um, so do you think the saving grace for the sequel of this movie is the fact that they got the actors to come back? Yes, yes even absolutely. Though- Maybe you may or may not have heard that they hated each other on the set of the first really? one. Really? They have. They did not have good chemistry. I mean, they had good chemistry to what we see, but they did not like each other. So I'm kind of surprised they agreed to do another one. I mean, everyone knows that like 
famous, famous uh, kissing scene where they're kissing in the pouring rain. Yeah. How can it's you outdo as, you that can. in the it's, sequel? It's about as they romantic be, as it gets. They need to be an actual hurricane to do this, and you can't <laughs> no. do it in Greeley. In Greeley, Colorado. They're just going to be... Landlocked Greeley. Um, so I have two last little things I want to talk about before we close up here. The first one is that uh, this week, PlayStation VR outsold actual PlayStation 4 units in Japan. Um, for those who don't know, PlayStation VR is PlayStation and Sony's attempt to getting into the VR scene. Um, and apparently it's a pretty good system. I think I'm going to wait a little while to hear how well it does. I don't own a PlayStation. I'm not a huge PlayStation person. Um, but it's cool to see that people other than Steam and uh, HTC are getting into the market. Um, we were actually discussing in one of my classes yesterday about the Oculus Rift because about five years ago, if you had said VR, your first thought would have been Oculus Rift because they were the ones who were leading it. And all of a sudden, Facebook bought them. They kind of dropped off the map and HTC and Steam came out of nowhere and like set up VR. Yeah, and so I don't know how much experience you guys have using VR headsets. I've used a Samsung as well as a Oculus Rift. Okay. I've so far, I, the only thing I haven't tried as of yet is the PlayStation VR. Okay. That's the only VR set I don't have experience with. And the main thing is that a lot of people describe, especially the HTC Vive, as intuitive, and that's definitely not the case when you first try it, is not intuitive. There's a lot more buttons for your fingers than you would think. And so the main thing with VR right now is that it's in a very interesting state where they're still trying to figure out how you can interact with the space around you. And so I don't know what PlayStation's move is going to be with this, if they're going to include like a webcam of some kind, essentially, to go with their console for it. But I'm glad PlayStation has not made it like oh this is going to be exclusively for our system right you can use it you with your pc it. and xbox which is cool yeah. yeah it's very cool um i don't know if they said anything if you use it for xbox if you can only use it for like feeder mode kind of thing I'm, where you can i'm guessing see. it yeah. won't have as much input stuff it might have better input on the pc yeah um, but i'm i'm really happy to see that both microsoft and sony are trying to be more cl- cross-platform um, it's just it's happy to see, especially with Microsoft is really I think that's what the Scorpio is going to be is going to be the final bridge between a lot of PC gaming. And so that's going to be really good. I have one last thing to talk about, and that's that the Pokemon Sun and Moon demo came out this week um, and through and I've played it a little bit. Um, it's really fun. There's it's a very fun, fresh, new feeling Pokemon game with some unique things in it. Um, but through data mining, they've revealed mo- most of the uh, Alolan Pokedex. Um, including some more Alola forms, including a Doug Trio that has majestic golden hair, um, which I think is really funny, and a Persian that kind of looks like Garfield, um, which apparently is meant to I be, hate Mondays. It's apparently meant to be based <laughs> off of actual Persian cats, which are incredibly inbred and have kind of round, flat faces. Um, but it's interesting, but it's interesting to see the Pokedex isn't huge, um, but we've actually seen most of the Pokemon that have been revealed. Um, but yeah, Sun and Moon launches in less than a month, and I'm getting really, really excited for it. I'm going to talk about it a lot when it comes out. But yeah, there's a lot of cool things in this demo about the legendaries. And it feels like a fun, new, fresh Pokemon game. And I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I feel like we're going to have to brace our listeners in for a lot of video game news because we are finally approaching holiday it's season. True. Which yeah. means we are so getting many releases. But we also have a lot of movie stuff coming yeah. up. We've got yeah. Fantastic Beasts, where to find them next month. We have... Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange next month. Rogue One Just premiered and yesterday. Yes. Yep. So we have a lot of stuff coming out next month that yeah. we can talk about. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can tweet us at CSU Collegian, and we will see you next week.